suck it. <laughs> you're breaking the rules, JJ. You're not supposed to buy week one. Both of you are breaking the rules. <laughs> I was going to say, did I set a bad precedent? Yeah. This is not how we do things on this podcast. It's this the, is the uh, way. Yeah, this is the way. You can't. A- you can't break down now, you guys, because we finally hit probably not our 200th episode, but <laughs> uh, this one will be episode number 200 of We Were Gamers, a podcast with Michael. This is the perfect time for a course correction. Oh, what? Is that your new tagline? <laughs> <laughs> tell me that's not the intro every time before JJ. No. Oh, hello. <laughs> that's a better one. I like that one. That has a 1990s turnaround into the camera vibe. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's the <laughs> it's the sitcom, throw your hair over your shoulder and look backwards into the camera uh <laughs> line I, I didn't see you guys there yeah i'm andy we've done this podcast a bunch of times we get to put a big number on it today you guys congratulations we did it yeah same to you yeah we did it thank you to the people that listen to all of them because <laughs> there are some i know thanks for sticking with us we appreciate it and uh you know, a lot of people do special stuff for their big numbers, but we figured more of the same. <laughs> you came here for this. Why should we deny you what you want? Which I seriously, is I don't the know same if, thing we were giving you before. I don't know if I started recording in time, but I am somewhat concerned that we've been going so long that you guys are breaking the rules because you feel entitled. <laughs> you know, like. You got 200 episodes under your belt. Belt. You you don't have to uh you don't have to stick to the principles we've set forth in this podcast. JJ, what did you just buy day 1? Uh, I bought The Legend of Heroes: Trails of Cold Steel 3. <laughs> yeah. Is there a sub for the sub subtitle for that? No, that that's the whole title. Oh. All right. But you're not playing it. No, not yet. Okay. I'm still in the middle of playing Trails from Zero, the fan translation, uh, which we talked about on the podcast a while back. I'm in Chapter 2. I'm in that part where you wander around the city and talk to all the NPCs to see how their story changed from the last time you wandered around the city and talked to all the NPCs. Yeah, that's a great boat to be in. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. one. This kid is uh, he's trying to go to school. And uh, he's, he was failing the test, and now he's studying real hard. That's what's happening with him. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. These kids like my police dog. That's pretty cool. Police dog? Yeah. Are you a I'm cop? Like a police. Yeah, in this one, you're kind of a cop. Kind of a cop? Oh, JJ. Kind of. <laughs> oh, no. Not a very good cop. I think you're only allowed to be a cop if it's the apocalypse. Right? Uh, that seems to be the way we've trended. This is, uh, you're a bad, you're, you are looked down on by the rest of the police department. I so. see. So when you said a bad cop, you didn't mean like a bad cop. You meant like, no, there are lots of a, bad, you're not a good cop. There are lots of bad cops, but the, po- the proper police don't like you very much. The proper, 
the proper police <laughs> because you it's are like my grandmother don't you're too busy your uh, you're too busy helping people and not busy enough taking bribes you know oh so you're playing yakuza <laughs> no uh with sprite graphics okay <laughs> the legend of zero trails from cold mana you're not even trying man <laughs> come on okay all right i i stand before you humbled today oh i feel i feel like captain ahab a little bit but maybe an, did you maybe one that's learning his lesson before this ship goes down is this the part where you like we make a quote about a star trek movie and saying you had to go hunt that whale or whatever and oh, then you mm. you you read the quote from Moby Dick to me, and then I go, I never read it. I could have stood <laughs> in my garage and yelled this far, no farther, and it would have made a lot of sense. <laughs> the I, line must be drawn here! Uh, as I cleaned up more water out of my garage. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, no! Yeah. Uh, fun story. There's like a part of your brain... I assume it's the amygdala, but I'm no scientist that tells you when things are danger or you're in trouble. So this morning at 5 a.m. I awoke in a start thinking I needed to grab my bat and defend the household. Uh, What my brain was really telling me was, hey, man, it's raining quite a bit. You should probably go check the garage. (laughs) Mm. To which I discovered that the drain that is poorly placed, but also keeps water from generally going in the garage had plugged up because the rain was coming down so fast it washed everything in the yard into it. I thought to myself, Amygdala, you're a hero. Clean it out and went back to bed. Mm-hmm. It leaked anyway. Guessing, guessing the story doesn't end there. There's, there's, <laughs> there's water in my garage there. A little bit, not a lot of it. And there's also water coming in from somewhere entirely new. It's like, so I compare myself to Ahab a little bit because I I chased that whale and I harpooned it. I cleaned that roof off and we did a whole new roof. And now it doesn't leak from there. The problems have just moved to the sides. Hmm. Tear it all down and start over. <laughs> it's almost not an attached garage. You could get away with it, maybe. Ugh. I'm exhausted. Anyway. I didn't Sorry, get to dude. finish the Castlevania that we were planning to talk about today, buddy. Sorry. That's oh, okay. That show has been great. I I have man. heard mixed things, actually, and I'm so, about... So, okay, here's... I'm, okay, yeah, he, go, go. Go ahead. No. Yeah, I, if, of the stuff that you've watched, right? You're on, like, episode seven or eight or near yeah, the end, I'm, but I'm, not at the I'm, end. I'm deepish in, and there's a turn that's happening with Isaac... Uh-huh. Okay. That's taking him from being, let's say, a man of purpose to maybe not a man I can see coming here. Hmm. Uh, well, you'll just have to see where that goes. Okay. Uh, oh, what I'm going to say is that uh, I-, I think the this season was a great like middle season for a show yeah. that had its end season last season. <laughs> Mm, because I'm having an issue mostly with the fact that the three main characters are not together. Right. That was like the best part of last season, aside from the fact that last season was super trim, tight, and had a point, right? Like, 
They did the thing. There was an end goal. They marched towards the end goal the entire time, and then they got to the end goal, and they did the thing, and it was rad. Yep. Yeah, this season, not as much. Yeah. <laughs> it's just sort of uh, it, sad. Like, come on. Put the characters together. Yeah, it's, like it's a lot Lost of... got in the middle, too, I think. Maybe, yeah. It, definitely a lot of individual storylines that I think are interesting of themselves, but it's hard to see how they intersect from here. Okay. The, the problem was the last season, right? All these little individual story threads that they started in the first season all wrapped up with a bow real nice at the end. <laughs> Do you... Having finished it, it's not really a spoiler to say, you feel like this is another set of open threads to ramp up and finish next season. So we'll have, like, a bunch of two-season arcs. Like, the first two are good. There's the a bunch of good. stuff that is not resolved okay, at the end. Okay, all right. So, like, the whole army thing probably is I, You know, I don't want to tell you what is or isn't resolved, but okay. there are right. there are resolutions, but not everything is resolved, for sure. Oh. Whereas I, I felt at the end of season two, like, what do you even do after this? They resolved everything, there's, I thought. Okay, maybe there's this, just the chance that these are going to be two season arcs each time. And then yeah, we'll so you get a season, a season of conflict, and then a season of resolution, and then another repeat. It could be. It certainly yeah. could be. The way they... I enjoyed certain characters' plots much more than certain other ones. Yeah? Not just because oh. of how they're resolved. I'm already uh, Just because there. Some, of them, some of them felt like, hey, we're not doing anything here. Uh, so uh, it will be interesting to see what they... I assume they're doing a, another season. I don't know. Um, but I, I, overall, I think I enjoyed it pretty well. I, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, talk about it more when you see the ending and then have more to say about that. (laughs) Okay. All right. Netflix though, killing it Mm -hmm. with not just Castlevania. Would you guys like to talk about the Witcher? I would very much like that. I'd love to hear about it. Michael, are you sure? Lay it on me. <laughs> Be, Michael? Be specific. Think about what, think about what you're saying here. <laughs> okay? I, You know, the show is enjoyable, but we could ruin some things. Yeah, I'm willing to accept that. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. <laughs> Spoiler warning. Everything yeah, that, that we will talk about for the next 15 to 20 minutes is likely a spoiler, and it's not our fault. It's how they organized the show. Yeah, so this is the thing that I wish they had just come out and said from the start. Can I be, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fight you right at the beginning. I'm glad I didn't be- know. You think it's better this way? I'm that glad everyone I didn't was confused know. the whole time? I was confused the whole time. <laughs> did you get did you have to read an article to figure no, it out i got it i got it uh i okay. got it by episode three or four and then i went back and i was like oh they this is just here the whole time yeah so if you know going in it totally makes sense yep. if you don't know going in yep it's kind of disjoint and confusing but it's you're like all right they're telling confusing. these separate things mm-hmm. and then like you get to a certain point in the story and then you're like oh okay. and then they're like Oh, by the way, like, yep. Okay, Michael. here you go. So I think, I think before you guys even start, oh, yeah, I think okay. I might have already had this yes. spoiled for oh, me. Oh, okay. 
Tell us what you think it is. You're talking about timelines, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So this was already kind of spoiled for me. So okay, good. So I I, I think that having the biggest spoiler of the show. Yeah. The big I. mm, What's bigger uh, than the fact that not everybody's in the same time? I guess the uh, the fact that the timelines do eventually meet Uh, up. Okay. Yeah. I guess that's it's the biggest spoiler because of how you find out where things at the very end. At the very end, you're like. Uh, because it all clicks, right? right? It's right, like yeah. Michael. There, it's like you have three. Well, you start with four, which eventually very quickly become three separate right. timelines. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's like almost immediately three. Uh, but it's <laughs> okay. technically four. <laughs> uh, that fourth person doesn't last long. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, yeah, and um, the the threads weaved together are weaved together each episode so that you could if you knew at the beginning find out that they're not at the same time so we meet our initial one of our two main i guess our three main characters at the very beginning whose name is siri uh and she's a princess and she's very important to the show she's kind of weirdly the MacGuffin, i guess yes Uh, she has some sort of, they've called it primal power. I, it's, it's like jargon to does, me. Does she answer any question you ask her? Uh, I'm sure she would. She seems, she's arist, she's an aristocrat who knows it all. You know what I mean? She's definitely, uh, she's the he made a reference. I don't get, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, a, I don't get a, it either. It was a phone joke. Oh, oh, see, oh. See, because it's spelled C I R I, so I didn't get it. Ah, uh, yeah, see that I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, she definitely was the kind of princess who would sneak out of the castle to go play with the local street urchins, but the street urchins also knew she was a princess and then let, let her win, win at the games. So, yeah. uh, okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that kind of a that, that kind, kind of a princess, princess. You know? raised by her grandmother, so super spoiled. So you, of course, you you find out that they. Uh, they're in like one of the biggest kingdoms in the north, and they're in a spot of trouble with a kingdom in the south. Um, and over the first episode, as we jump between that timeline and Geralt, the main character's timeline, who starts the furthest in the past, maybe? Yes. Yes, he does. Yeah. Uh, categorically, he does. Ca- yeah. Categorically furthest in the past. All right. Uh if you are paying attention, there are premonitions given to him by one of the characters that um, you can tell. She says something like, I, I should have been a queen or something. And Calanthe, who is the grandmother of Siri, is just winning her first battles at like 14. And you're like, wait, but Calanthe is like 65. So what are we talking right. about here? Got it. Uh, M- M- JJ, I have a question for you before we get further. Yeah. You've played the games. Mm-hmm. I've also this, read a couple of the books. This classification thing of people as monsters. Uh, Michael, witchers are monster hunters, yes, in general. Right. Yeah. Uh, they classify the first person he aces in this show as it's a, well, the second, I guess. He kills something in a swamp as an introduction and then uh, kills a person. And they define this person as a quote-unquote monster. 
I couldn't tell if they were being facetious or not facetious, but uh, uh, metaphoric because she was causing so much damage. But she also seemed to have mutated powers of some kind. So what's the deal with yeah. that? Is that like a thing? Okay, you're talking about what's her name? The red-haired lady. Uh, she had a name. The Rem- short-haired, Remith. the short-haired woman that causes all the problems in the first episode. And he ambushes her in the woods later, right? Uh, she ambushes him in the woods later. She ambushes him in the woods later. Uh, okay, yeah. Puts him under okay, his so, spell, and then he keeps her brooch the whole show. Right. So that there's ta- so uh, they talked about the uh, the what was it the blood moon? Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. And these people, these these girls specifically, I think mm-hmm. that were born under the blood moon right, had Stre- this curse. Uh huh. Stregobor kills them all. Right, because he believes that one of them is going to fulfill this ancient curse or whatever, and kill all the wizards or something. But the wizards didn't seem to believe it. They only they they all sort of like roll their eyes at Stregopor. Right. Well, obviously, you know, as we later find out, all the wizards are kind of up to their own thing on the side, really, and no one is necessarily like actually coordinating with each other as much as it may seem. Yeah. Hmm. Uh. But, you know, Stregobor clearly believes in it. He goes around murdering a bunch of babies and stuff. So, you know, got to be pretty serious. So you see, Michael, you... this is this type of show that we're talking about. Yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah. Catching up. Uh, uh, but the, in this case, right, the the discussion is that, like, Stregobor, la- so again, you wouldn't know this at the time, but la- later he says, I cut them open and they were mutated inside. Like, they weren't just humans, despite uh, looking like humans, right? Okay. So I didn't so he know that, that like, like a, a euf- not like a euphemism, that's the wrong word, but like, I didn't know if he was being exaggerative, like, oh, they're mutated, like, you, Witcher, well, the Witcher's, like, not exactly human, but no one's gonna go around murdering Witchers because they're mutated. Well, actually, though, <laughs> uh, there are a lot of people who shun Witchers because they are mutants, and they think the mutants are weird and scary and not to be trusted. Okay. For the same reason that these witch-like women and stuff are, uh, these children born under this moon were not to be trusted for the same reasons. Mm. And, right. and not because, so it's harder to get this from the show. But in the books and in this in the games, there's a ton of like rural kind of hill folky townsfolk stuff where they're just like, you're an outsider. We don't even want to talk with you. We put up with the witchers because you perform useful services to us, like killing all these monsters that we can't kill. But we are absolutely you're not our friend. We don't want you here. Like, don't look at my daughter. Don't say hi to us. Like, here's your money. Go away. Mm-hmm. Uh and they don't do as much of that in the show as it happens in the other media. So, but that world is very much like little communities of like rural villages and stuff. And yeah, like the big courts and stuff are way less that way. They know the dwarves and the humans and elves will talk together up there. But like, you know, down in the, the rural village, like no one likes witchers or witches or sorceresses or any of that stuff. Unless you're the one that lives in their village, they don't want to see you. Got it. Did Henry Cavill's voice grow on you as much as it did on me? Oh, yeah. By the end, I was like, yes. <laughs> I I truly, the first episode, I was like, oh, no, I don't know about this at all, you guys. <laughs> he uh, he does that affectation. I'm sure you've heard it by now, Michael. That yes. It's from the game affectation where it's just like, brr, brr, brr. How much gravel can I gargle while saying these yeah. words? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty uh, good, though. By the end, it's pretty good. 
It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, I don't, so what did you think? Oh, go ahead. I just don't know. We should like, should we run through the plot? I don't know what should we <sighs> should do here. I don't know if this is a whole recap, but like, I feel like we're moving Michael in the wind a little bit on understanding what we liked. Cause I'm just going to hands down say, I liked this quite a bit. Yeah, it was great. I, I had a super fun time watching it. I, I have two, I have notes. I have two notes. One. Okay. If they continue in the direction they're headed, willingness to, uh, do what they did in that last episode and ace a lot of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good way to go. It might be better than Game of Thrones in the long run if they can keep it up. The yeah, show, I, maybe not. The books. I tr- I truly wonder how many seasons they have in them at the rate they burn through story. Right, it like, doesn't it, need to be long. You know, this doesn't need to yeah. be eight seasons. Yeah, so th- that's sure. my point. Is that like I don't think you can get a Game of Thrones level story out of this tale. Sure, I don't think there's enough well, story Siri, there. Siri eventually grows up, right? And you know, man, I haven't read that far in the books. So I don't know. Okay. In the Based video on game, the video games and the card game, there are <laughs> versions of Siri that are like gray hair and scars all over them. Yeah, so she trains as a witcher in the games. I don't know if that's in the books. We'll see. Uh that was note number one. I think it could be good. I think you're right. Maybe they need to keep it tight like it is now. Not longer, right? Yeah, I, uh, oh, no, go ahead. And two, I have noticed why a lot of people don't like fantasy while watching this show. Okay. Because growing up having read a lot of high fantasy, maybe, mm-hmm. it's somewhat expected of one reading them to memorize weird names. Yeah, yeah it's a lot. There's a lot of that. And this show is just every single place and person and everything is an impossible name. But he's the butcher of Blaviken and also Geralt of Rivia. Yeah. And And he's from Wolf. And Yeah. Yeah. And also memorize these five kingdoms that you've never seen a map of and where they could possibly be in relation to each other when i say you know what's fun they've crossed this pass with a name that i still can't even remember <laughs> and also you know the elven fun? king and also yeah go ahead sorry it's fun that even after playing the games i think i played the witcher 3 for like over 100 hours which is amazing for you because you don't like that type of game no i truly don't that game is so good though <laughs> There's so much open world stuff I hate about that game, but everything else in it is so good. Um, <laughs> I spent a hundred hours doing mostly the stuff I hate because no, the no, no. The, 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 the thing is, is that there is so much that isn't that open world stuff that sucks. That's the thing that's impressive. Wow. Anyway, the, the game is good. The thing I though I couldn't tell you is I couldn't tell you. I, I again, I played a hundred hours. I looked at the map a lot out of necessity. I couldn't tell you where any of those kingdoms are in relation to each other. <laughs> The books don't do a good job of telling you it either. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> hey, you're in this kingdom and this other kingdom is invading. They're bad. I you think, can tell they're bad because their armor is black. <laughs> I think, though, that's where we get yeah, their armor is yeah. ridiculous. Hold on. Michael, how hold how on. evil bad guy how, do they look? Andrew? Michael, 
design <laughs> for me v- with words. You you know it's black, right? Yeah. Head to toe, design for me your most evil medieval armor set. What would be in those areas? Like, what would you be wearing? Okay, let's see. What do you have to have? You have to have the 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 like total face concealing helmet. Got right? it. All right. Yep. Good. Um, maybe uh, spikes on the shoulder plates. Uh huh. Oh yeah, spikes are good. Yep. Spikes um, are good. I'm gonna go with uh, gauntlets that end in like dragon talons. Oh wow, he's getting a little. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like There's, it. I like there's it. some of it in there. Yeah. Um. The what else? The uh, boots that are like overly elaborate overlapping plates he's actually describing the game one really well <laughs> like really I mean, really played, well I've, I've played enough of these kinds of games to be able okay, to okay 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 in my head all right a giant sigil of the evil army on your on your chest maybe uh-huh. yep yep okay so on the left in this picture is the one from the game and on the right is the one from the show all right let's take a look here Oh, is it not working? This, uh, you didn't no. paste the actual... Oh. You pasted something wrong here. Uh, it doesn't have a file name for some reason on my desktop. Hmm. Oh, this is good radio. <laughs> okay. It didn't have a file name. So, this is okay. better. Look at, those, look at those dragon-winged helmets on the left there that you described. Yep, there we go. Yeah. It's perfect bad guy that you got. Then look what they did to it on the right. They picked I mean, they picked the like foot soldier idiot guy too, not the like <laughs> evil bad guy who looks a little bit more like this. It's, but yeah, it's what is the deal here? They they like crumpled the armor like tinfoil. Yeah, and then I don't know what they spray they painted it black. They no. tried. They they really tried. Uh, this one on the left looks expensive. I think that's what they did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, your description perfectly captures the Nilfgaard bad guy thing. Um, you, you versus the guy she told you not to worry about. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Now we're going to have to post this as our episode <laughs> picture. Um, JJ, I, I want to argue your point just for a second. Yeah. It kind of doesn't matter to you, me, and people that read Lord of the Rings four times, maybe. Um, it does matter to the Game of Thrones spoon-fed crowd. And I mean that in mm. the show sense, right? Right, where they literally tell you everything that's happening. That made that show very accessible. And maybe too accessible in a way that was kind of at the at the end of it, like, oh... Uh, the last like three a lot of this stuff here. The last three seasons are basically um, garbage TV. But, but the yeah. but the the world of it was metered and described, and what why people maybe like reading Martin so much, right? That you sure. You and I think the books are still that way, right? Yeah, it's they just, absolutely. Are. The issue sure. is that the show eventually stopped following the books, and mm-hmm, then. Mm-hmm. But TV. maybe that's why those are so popular compared to maybe The Witcher a little bit where... It, sure. Well, there's also a language yourself. barrier there, right? Sure. You know, the, the Witcher was written in Polish. Uh, the author... It has been translated, but, you know, anytime you translate a work, 
you lose something. I don't know what the something is, but you always lose something, right? Yeah. Um, a few episodes uh, later, in the next episode, the next episode, they introduce uh, Yennefer. Right. Okay. Who is a mage, I think, not a wizard or a sorcerer. But is a, she is a sorceress. Sorceress. They refer to her like as that at some point. So it seems like they've built this world to have like sanctioned and non-sanctioned magic people, basically. And okay. she would, right. she would be like a trained sanctioned magic person. Of so course, magic like a guild and yeah, exactly. Wizards Guild is exactly what she's a part of. They call it the Brotherhood, which is kind of dumb. Sure, but you know. Uh, well, it's kind of silly because like one of the top two people in charge of it is a woman. So why not rename it for the show at least? Yeah, there's the a guild whole thing. Would have been better. You learn a lot about that in the games. It's a it's a whole thing. It's not good. Okay. <laughs> and, and there are a lot, there are like secret factions within that brotherhood that like there's the lodge which isn't the same as the brotherhood even though they're all sorcerer type people and this one is only women and that one is only men but they all are working together. It's a whole stupid thing. It, I'm happy they did this in the show and just kind of made it like these are the wizards. <laughs> it, it's better. Yeah. Uh, they have they're fractious. None of them really. They are held together by the idea that they've created a world order, and that magic is dangerous. And if you don't train people to use it, it will eventually kill everyone. And then, so, be- because they have magic, they should advise all the kings and keep everybody in line, basically. And, and they use it as like political control, really. Like it's like, hey, we'll give you, Mister King, this beautiful sorcerer or sorceress to your court, who will then. You know, advise you on the right yeah. and smart things to do secretly, oh. which help us and don't maybe help you or not. Who cares? We're in charge. Or as like, Jennifer puts it, settling petty squabbles for 30 years, right? Yeah. Um, there's a really good storyline of her training. I don't, we don't need to get too into it, but she's kind of like a broken person beforehand. Arguably, she's still a broken person afterwards. De- definitely still broken person. Uh. But there's this, like, power, like, taking control of your destiny kind of moment, which is pretty good in her backstory. Yeah, I thought her backstory was well done. And they hint at some of that and talk a little bit about it in the games, but not to this degree. Um, I I liked this part a lot. So I don't know if that's a show edition, but they did a good job. And they did a good job not saying, like, and because she became beautiful and got what she wanted, everything was good. Yeah, it turns out that... Doing that, like making a power move and and using your beauty to get what you want and all this stuff doesn't always work out great in the end. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe in the short term, but in the long term, eh. And then, Michael, there's a 30-year time jump. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> why not? Yeah. What's tough, and I had to explain to Katie, and I kind of got it from, from the game, is uh, people don't age in the Witcher universe very much. Right. Well, so... Some some of them some do. Some of them, yeah. Sorcerers and sorceresses can change their appearance. And yeah. so, who knows how old any of them are. Right. And also, like, the Witcher is basically immortal. He has an extremely long life because he's a mutant, yeah. So, and, like, other people like Calanthe and stuff, they don't look any older. So, a lot of... So I, I think that the issue is that 
it was like they say 30 years, but I, you know, Yennefer was like what? She was like a teenager or whatever, you yeah. know? And then she's like, you know, a, a woman, but is she like 40 or is she like 31? It kind of doesn't matter for her. It kind of doesn't a, matter, right? It's more of keeping track of where the, this is where people started to get frustrated, I think. Keeping, they they do the track. aging in order to make Siri work and not necessarily because it makes sense for the other, other characters. Well, and then you have okay. to start keeping track of where the kingdoms are at with who's fighting who and who likes who and who has power. And I think that's it's the stumbling block here happens when you're trying to keep track of that without knowing without knowing that all the timelines don't line up because this is your first jump moment and you're like, wait, whose timelines then are we in when, but it's yeah. not explained yet exactly. And it, you know, you then also get other glimpses into the mid period on the other, you know, in Calanthe's time yep. where you see her daughter and that night. Yep. And, and that whole thing. Dooney. You know, the, Dooney. Yeah, Dooney. The worst name ever for it's, a character. Uh, it's D-U-N-E with a mark over it, right? Yeah. It looks better in print than it does when you say it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, her it, daughter, of course, has powers, too. You're right. She's like elf, elfin, elfish or something and has power. Something's going on there. Sorceress. I don't know. Uh, and the knight or whatever that she pledges herself to is like cursed to look like a hedgehog, basically. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And uh, the what was the deal that like we get the, the first thing? This is like the big thing of the whole show is that introduction. Michael, have you ever heard of something called the law of surprise? No, I'm not familiar with this. One. I had never so heard that, of it before either, but it is apparently a that's real a, thing. That's a thing in this world, and maybe it's like it, a Slavic it tradition is also or something. Apparently, it is a real thing. Yes, not a thing in Western culture, though. No. Generally, okay. So if you save somebody's life, instead of choosing a reward right at that moment, because that person may not have anything to give you, they can claim, you can claim the law of surprise. And, and the idea is that that which they have, but don't know they have is yours. So like if you saved a dude's life on the Eastern front, and then you got home, and that guy's family bought him a puppy. That puppy is now yours. That's your payment for saving that guy's life. Okay. It's, is, uh, it it's, at, is it at your discretion? Um, uh, I guess. It is held as a sacred kind of vow in this world. So, so maybe you have to like hold it in truth, both of you, right? Right. Okay. So, you know, if you tend to try to rip them off, it you know, you're not. Oh, well, gonna, well we find out what happens when you try to rip yeah, somebody gonna, off. It's going to go bad. <laughs> Apparently, destiny gets in the way. Right. So there's a lot of cons uh, these uh, a lot of the people in uh the Calanthe storyline in particular and the Siri storyline too cuz there's basically the same one uh are are destined. They have like important and uh serious destinies, right? that these laws and things apply very strictly to. 
Uh, and so when Calanthe's daughter, Ciri's mother, uh, is saved by this knight, right? Is that how this goes? No. So her, oh God. Okay. Ciri's, no, Ciri's mother, Calanthe's daughter. So Ciri, the main character girl, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Her, her mother, her mother's dad was saved by Dooney on the battlefield and then, oh, right. And then died anyway. (laughs) Well, yeah, later. <laughs> later. Okay. Uh, before all this happened, because Cal- the grandmother is in the middle of courting uh, Skelligan King at this point in time, I guess. Right. Or Duke or something. So, a guy from another kingdom. Right. Uh, which is important later, because in this, he forces the guy that ends up being the grandfather to Siri later forces the law of surprise to get adhered to so oh did we explain what the surprise was also in this case the thing that he had but did not know was the the daughter was pregnant okay his wife the mother was pregnant and so the daughter so the daughter is his reward okay now that can that can kind of here's where things get messy there was a 30 year time jump Meaning, this guy who claimed the law of surprise is probably around 50, marrying a 14-year-old. Okay. Now, I did so, that on. math three Wait, who, times. Who are you talking about here? Geralt Do- or Dooney? Dooney. If the timelines all line up with, which, with what they say, I went back because Dooney saves uh, his, the king's life during the war. The right. Elven War that's happening in before that scene. Yennefer, well, like right around the time of Yennefer before the time jump. Mm-hmm. Right? So, Dooney would be like 50, and she would be, I think they say her exact age, it was like 14 or something. Not good. I mean, that's medieval storylines for you. Yeah, there definitely is some of that happening here. Yeah, for sure. There's a little bit of that. Um, so then everyone tries to kill Dooney for some reason. Well, because he's a monster, I guess. He's well, a again, monster. I, uh, like he literally looks like he wears a, his full armor and, and his helmet that sh- obscures his face the whole right. time. And when they say, like, hey, it's rude to wear your helmet in front of the queen or whatever, he says, like, please don't make me take it off. And, like, you know, they make him take it off eventually. And now he looks like a monster. And then everyone's like, oh, well, this dude's a monster. Let's kill him. So, and the queen is like, sweet, let's kill him. <laughs> yeah. She tries to... Okay, so she's the one that keeps trying to get around this law of surprise thing. And they do a good job of trying to tell you, like, this is the law of this universe, right? Yeah. Destiny says something, and the law of surprise is destiny. You can't get around it, or you pay the price. So, uh, Geralt steps in and saves who will be Ciri's dad, right? Right. From being murdered in this room. And then flippantly, because he doesn't believe in destiny, claims the law of surprise. Right. And and guess what, Michael? Siri's mom was, was pregnant with Siri at yeah. the time. Geralt didn't know that, I think, at the time. No, but. no. He claims the law of surprise and she throws up with morning sickness right there on the dance floor. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Siri is then at that moment in the show and what you start to get here and where things are going. Siri is then destined to be Geralt's kid. Yeah. So they don't make it like, and again, I guess this is, you know, a a Dooney and Siri's mom were like somewhat in love. They kind of allude to that. Uh, You don't ever really see them together other than this one scene, but the, or this one episode, but Geralt is definitely like a, or seems to be destined to become some sort of a father figure to Siri because her grandmother, not exactly a great role model. No. And the uncle or whatever guy that she was like not marrying, but was kind of with or whatever also didn't seem to be that great of a dude. Well, he eventually tries to break the law surprise later. He he thinks that series is granddaughter basically, right? He raised right. her as his granddaughter. So, okay. Uh, anyway, that all that was to explain that then over the next six episodes, they kind of slowly march forward. This story of this Southern Nilfgaard kingdom invading the world and Things in the world order of wizards and all that falling apart due to unknown reasons that I think are stories for season two. And uh, and the slow march of these stories brings the timelines all together at this really cool moment where Geralt and Yennefer have this big fight. And then he you know goes to stop abdicating his responsibility and go claim Ciri. And then... Uh, you get back to the beginning of the very you get immediately back to the minutes before the beginning of the show okay that was the yeah. cool part for me having waded through it was and figured cool. out the timelines and all that and watching it all come together and then being like oh my goodness we're in we're right back we're where we in start 10 where minutes we started before the opening of the show where everything goes to heck Right, and, and then you see the castle get invaded, and, and you're all this like, stuff. And you're just like hoping for no reason because you know it can't happen that things could you be saw different. it already. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, but but Geralt's there. Geralt's <laughs> he could save him. He could save him. Five feet away, just go the other way. Nope, he goes the other way down that hallway. He goes, he goes the wrong way down a hallway, and that's how you get the whole show. Uh, right, well, not quite because no, of the no, no. But stuff. that but whole, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then that you know, the, they the timelines are all converged at that point, and uh, you kind of end the first season on a pretty nice note, actually. Uh, yeah. And and so that that timeline thing really, I understand why it's confusing. It confused me. I had to go back and like rewatch to make sure I understood stuff. And yeah, then it definitely confused me to, as well. But then when it all comes together, I loved it. I was like, oh, was great. cool. He was there the whole yeah. time. Yeah, it was good. The The thing I... I wish they had just been upfront about the fact that they were doing a bunch of flashbacky stuff, and I think it would have made everyone's understanding of what was actually happening in the show better. It would be easier to follow if you didn't have to catch in, like, one or two times before the hints start dropping that the queen's name was Calanthe, or that you know, these kingdoms, their name, it's hard yeah. to capture that information and process it and then hear it in a side conversation 
Yeah, he's like walking through the tavern. You hear, did Kal- hear Kalanthe won her 77th battle? And you're just like, who? <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, it's like out of your left channel of your speaker, yeah. you know, or something. If you weren't listening to the whole conversation, you wouldn't know. Well, there's the whole, you know, she had a war with the elves. And so, like, if you caught in the first two scenes when they're in a banquet, when she talks about when she defeated the elves, then every time someone talks about their history with the, that war, you would know what timeline you were in. Yeah. Okay, it has you'd have a, a moment in time to anchor. There's there's a lot of anchors if you can catch all the names. If you know that Scoyatel is a thing you're going to hear three times in the show, you know, but it's actual yeah. information you could use to anchor yourself in a timeline. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the the elf stuff, I hope, is something they come back to because right. it's a bigger it plays a way bigger part in the the uh, the games. Yeah. And there's like a ton of stuff there, it, like. People in this, if you couldn't tell by the fact that they didn't like Geralt and monsters, how do you think they feel about elves? Uh, <laughs> like they literally murdered them all, and there's a gigantic field of their bones. It's like straight up the purge on the elves. So okay. it's not good. It was a, uh, dwarves there was a little bit of ethnic not cleansing. having a good time. It was not. Yeah, it, it not was, even a little bit, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was treated it was as such in the show, and and Geralt being a disliked person by most people was sympathetic to the elves and so you kind of get that perspective first of like mm. oh man all these people were murdered for no reason that's not good yeah yeah it's like these people were murdered and they're like oh they were elves they're not people yeah and you're just like okay dude whoa yeah <laughs> there's a lot of that but they handle it well it's not like yeah not it, like it's you're good. supposed to side that way yeah you know? no and there's a ton of that in the games and the books as well like the the races don't get along uh, in this, you know, classic fantasy literature style. Like, hey, the dwarves and the elves and the humans don't get along. Yeah. I liked the the dragon stuff. I'm sad. That whole episode was cool. That whole episode was very good. Uh, it was like, it was the most like random exploit of the week of the show, I think. It has a big bearing on the show, though, because that's the. It does. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing, right? It sets Yennefer in, on her path. I don't know. Yeah. I really liked it. Uh, yeah, it without good. going into episode by episode recap, that's kind of the gist of it. I don't know, Michael. How did we do? I mean, I am I am just as, if not more, intrigued to watch it at this point. So I'd say you did pretty good. Oh man, the episode with the with the gin. Okay, that whole gin thing is actually like a plot from one of the books and they do the same thing in the book they did in the show it's infuriating but great (laughs) don't you want to know i do i would love to yeah yeah they never say Ah, it was so so infuriating in the a a gin michael like a genie yeah d-j-i-n-n Yes, yeah. I, I can never tell how hard it is to figure out what people are saying through the internet sometimes when I hear the Yeah, word. like yeah, like like a genie, right? Yeah. And so he, obviously there's it, three wishes. And let lay the groundwork here. The first wish, Ger- Geralt wishes for some peace and quiet. And so the genie like, chokes his friend that's a minstrel. He like literally <laughs> tries to murder him, like yeah. Magic magic choking which is literally going to kill him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, and they do it in such a way that it is a uh, 
the whole idea is that like the genie is granting the wishes to its master, right? And someone else is trying to usurp the masterness of the genie. Yep. Uh, but Ger- it turns out that Geralt has actually been the master this whole time, and he didn't know. Okay. Yeah. I, I, and so, like, that's why Geralt's like, oh, can you, I just wish I could have some peace and quiet. And then, like, you know, he finds out that his friend has this magic sickness that's choking him. <laughs> it's like, whose fault was this, Geralt? <laughs> you, you know, think, he didn't know at the time. Right? Do you think I, maybe I was just enamored by the show and watching fantasy like that uh, done so well? But, like, do you think that the, it, most of the episodes have, like, a surprise? So, like, a lot like of the these Dragon episodes... One, right? That's a surprise. Right. Yeah. So, a lot of these uh, these stories, kind of, uh-huh. are written from... By this author as short story collections. And so, it's like a collection of short stories of, like, this is the tales of Geralt as he went off and did stuff. He literally had the one where he goes to that ball and the knight is there and the law of surprise happens he has that one where the genie happens he has that one where he goes and does the dragon hunt like all of these are stories that happened in these books that are told discreetly and not in an attempt to like weave them together into an overall narrative at this point got it later then they start a narrative after all this stuff well michael if you don't remember anything else don't walk around in tamaria at night Got games it. tell me anything don't go to tamaria just period man a lot of bad stuff happens in tamaria <laughs> <laughs> yeah man how many northern kingdoms can you name <laughs> Ooh, do you want to play that game with me no <laughs> oh, no I, I will lose because i can name three yeah maybe three. uh yeah because there's tamaria there's redania yeah uh it's sintra but yeah. it's like kind of dead by the time really things start. Uh, Nilfgaard is the Southern Kingdom. Oh, there's Kedwin. Yep, Kedwin. Mm-hmm. Um, Skellige counts in the show, but not the games. Yeah, Skellige is an island, so it's not clear if they're like in the same area. And then kind of like all of those little kingdoms are up above, and then like basically down below all of them is Nilfgaard. <laughs> Yeah, look, you have a map. There you go. All right. Well, Michael says we did a good job, so maybe we leave it. That there. show is fun. I uh, I, I hope they one day get fun. to make more of it. They've already filmed. Uh, they started filming. Not, well, it's on pause. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yes, I, I you know this show was so successful they would be fools not to one, continue. It. One would imagine uh, once the pause is released, they will continue filming. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. You can't you can't fault them for that. So no, totally. All right. Well, now that we've gotten that off our chests in the forty minutes instead of twenty, <laughs> <laughs> that's. I mean, that's right on brand for us. Yeah. Um, Michael, you finished something, and I want to hear. Whether or not the ending is what you hoped for. Um, so the ending was not what I expected in the best way. Oh, good. Um, okay. Listen, what are we talking about? So I don't, I don't want to spoil it because it's a oh, really good moment. The way that it, the way that it wraps up. Yes. So we're talking about 
Ori and the Will of the Wisps, yes. uh, which I finished over the weekend. Um, okay, so it's like a twist ending then. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally did not expect it. And it, it makes you realize that there was an idea for the story that both games told that must have been set from the very beginning. Hmm. So you this this game does pick up where the last one left off uh, pretty, pretty close in time to where the last one left off. But it feels like it's going to be its own story until you get to the very end and you realize that they have very cleverly tied the entire both storylines together. Rather than it just being a straight sequel, oh, remember all that stuff rather, in the first one, right? Rather than on. rather than it being rather than it being story from beginning to end, and then the characters pick back up and story from beginning to end, which it is, it is its own story from beginning to end. But the way that it wraps up at the very end, it's bigger than just the one game; it encompasses both games. Okay. Do you feel like there could be a third Ori game after this? I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, I feel like there could be another game after this. There could be another Ori Universe game after this. Does that let you off the hook? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, a good way to put it, probably. Okay. Well, if from everything I've seen, this game has been immensely popular and well-liked. So You know, it came yeah, out a kind I, of a time. I really liked it. It came out at kind of a time when the fan base that loved it was waiting for it. It's going to be good. I think it might be on Game Pass. It is, I yeah. I believe it is on Game Pass. And yeah. a lot of people have a little bit more time on their hands. Yeah, and so. it doesn't, like, it's not a game that's going to take you very long. I think my my final play time was like 16 and a half hours, maybe just a little shy of that. And did you do everything 100% basically? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I explored 100% of the map and got all the power-ups and did all the side quests. And Okay. 16 hours feels like a pretty decent amount of time for one of these type of games, these Metroidvania type fighting games. I don't know. Yeah. How to so describe. if you're, you know, stuck inside for a weekend and want to really di dive into something you could finish it in a in a solid weekend or a long weekend nice so yes would definitely recommend um would would definitely go back from the beginning and play all the way back through both of them would you 100 percent it again or would you just jump through um i don't know i'm at a point here and I need some advice. Maybe, Michael, since you've now completed this game. I would really like to just finish Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. But yeah. I really like Jedi Fallen Order. And it has a map where it tells you that you're missing things. 
Oh, yeah. See, that that would be the point at which I'd be like, well, I got to go get these things because I miss them. Yeah, but, but I'm Andrew, done. Are the things that you're missing just freaking ponchos and <laughs> colors for your lightsaber <laughs> and a piece of a piece of a piece that makes your lightsaber look slightly different but has no mechanical effect whatsoever? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, so that's a yes <laughs> is the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. There yes, are advice, on each planet advice for the. There are on each planet about five secret things you need to find in order to upgrade your character, actually. There's, like, little things you have to find, and you're like, oh, you get more life for this, you know? Um, But beyond that, the cosmetics, I guess. But there's an achievement for getting all the ponchos. Ooh, see that that is where I have I have learned to quiet the completionist in me is achievements. Yep. I eventually right? like I'll I'll do I'll do what I need to do to hundred percent a game, but that doesn't necessarily mean I need a hundred percent of the achievements. Especially when some games do the like, we have an achievement for you beating this game in four hours. We have an achievement for you beating this game without dying. Yeah, We have exactly. an achievement are, for you beating this game on the mode where you can't die. It's like, no thanks. All three of those are achievements in this in the new Ori game. Oh, Christ. And I was like, <laughs> I, I don't... I, I was don't making need- that up! <laughs> I was like, I don't need those. I'm, I'm content to have played this game all the way through without those. There's a... There, so, there's always a part of me that will be the guy... I don't I think I've told this story once before on this podcast that that played Assassin's Creed 1 and got 99 out of 100 Templars. Oh. And then went back immediately after beating Assassin's Creed 1 and 100%ed it again just to get that last one. What That's... I don't have I don't have any words for that man. I can't <laughs> I can't care that much. It's like, I played the game. I got it. I know. If there's some secret thing that you unlock or whatever, I go look it up on YouTube. Like, So here's a great <laughs> example of this. You know those Batman Arkham games? Great games, right? Yeah. Those are super fun. Batman Arkham, si- or Arkham Asylum and Arkham City and what was the the Origins and then Arkham, Arkham Knight, Knight, right? Yeah, that's the one. Yep. So Arkham That's the Knight one that got a lot of flack. Arkham Knight has a s- different ending if you do all of the Riddler trophy stuff. And the Riddler trophies are like a bunch of puzzles scattered goddamn everywhere all over the game. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you need a little upgrade you didn't have when you come here. You got to come all the way back into this dungeon and find like this one corner. So now you can do that. Now that you have the like upgraded super duper batarang, you can open this chest so you can get this one little trophy. That's it. Yep. No, (laughs) I will not, sir. (laughs) And so I went to YouTube and I watched that other ending after I beat the game. because I'm like, okay, I'm not doing this again. I'm not. It's like, oh, go beat all of these bosses and find all these Riddler trophies. And you can see the real ending. It's like, no, uh, uh-uh, I'm not doing that. Uninstalled. <laughs> Part of me is very happy that almost all the chests in the game that I'm missing are just cosmetics. 
I think that means I can push through to the end. If you're enjoying it, you should get to the end. I think you will probably really like how it goes. I yeah. I suspect. Yeah. I assume you're having a good time, right? I am. And it's starting to wear on me the I got I got to Dathomir for those people that are listening and know what I'm talking about. Uh for real. And it's long. <laughs> Just kind of like uh I don't have the energy to go find the chest on this level. I'll maybe I'll come back. Yeah. So we're pushing on. We're pushing it, on. Uh it, did you finally get the souls thing where you're like, "Oh, I'm like good at this game now." <laughs> oh yeah, I Mhm. Yep. There's definitely a Oh, I see a bunch of those types of enemies. I know what to do. Jump and then ground pound and then I just did a boss fight against a gigantic bat. Okay. Uh, okay. And um yeah, I only used about half my health to do it. And like boss fights in general, a souls game, not easy. You know, you gotta- Did you want have you one shot a boss yet? That's like a great feeling. I don't think you can. Okay. The fights, the the boss boss fights. So, so there's like, there's like hidden mini time type of bosses. And even then you can't really one shot them. You can kind of cheese them a little bit more than the regular boss fights. They're very, not script, scripted is the wrong. Well, they are scripted. A lot of the boss fights, if you get certain health points, then the, the fight changes. Mm-hmm. Or a scene will happen or something. Yeah, um, that's very common. But based on your attack speed and stuff and the moves that the bosses do, there's really only an opening to do X amount of damage per cycle the boss has. I guess I don't mean like one shot as in uh, kill it in one hit. I mean uh, do it without dying. Oh, then, uh, yeah, I took out this bat in one go without dying. I think the uh, uh, the, the level last... of victory in Souls game, to me anyway, is like, did I survive? <laughs> <laughs> and last... if you survive and not die, that's usually like, yeah. Yeah, so the last two bosses I've done without dying, and the one before this bat, there's like a, there's like an ending scene to the fight, and it mm. happened... While she still had a tick of life left on her, so I thought the fight wasn't over, but then I was uh, flashing red and had no more energy to put back into my health bar and was like, well, if this fight doesn't end, if I don't hit land this hit after this move, I'm done for. But like I said, a lot of the fights are scripted, so if you get close to landing the hit while she's within that tick, a cutscene takes over. And so I thought I Mm. died. Because oh, no. she does this, this character did this like barrel charging, like shoulder check thing. And you're supposed to swing like a dodge swing, you like tap B to dodge and then swing at their back as they run by. Uh, and I thought I missed it because it hit a cutscene. I was like, oh, respawn time. Oh, well. And then it jumped into a cutscene and I used force push to shove her off of a gigantic tree. Well, hey. Solid. Yeah. The. The other great thing in those games is the feeling of getting to the very end of a fight and getting too greedy and being like, it's only two more hits. I can do this mash mash. And then just getting 
pummeled. Utterly punished for your yeah. hubris. <laughs> yeah. That's like when you're early in the fight and you're trying to learn the... Oh, I'm so close to killing him. Just like, get well, two more hits in right yeah, here. Can and I get dead. Can I get in two heavy strikes? Or can I only get in one heavy strike and a, sm- a quick strike? You know what I mean? Anyway. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Does any of this ring a bell for the messenger? Uh, nope. <laughs> you know what rings the bell for the messenger is the having to backtrack to find things that you didn't get. Oh no! Yeah, uh, so it's are it's, they gated because not, of abilities? No. So, uh, well, so I'll set you up. Um, after I finished Ori the week over the weekend, I decided to dive into something else, which was the messenger. You broke. This um, is again breaking the rules, you guys. That because, game's been out for a while. No, but because he did it because he backed a Kickstarter, which we said yes. maybe you shouldn't do. Uh, um so the and I, I can get I can touch on that too. So the messenger made by Sabotage Studios um has been out for about a year and a half now. Uh August of twenty eighteen. Was free on um, Epic for a bunch of people. Yes, and I think all of us picked it up when it was free. Yep. Um but they just launched a Kickstarter this past week for a new, um, very Chrono Trigger inspired RPG game called Sea of Stars. So that looked really good. They their Kickstarter model seems to be of the same vein as Wonderful One Hundred One, where they've started developing a lot of the game, and the Kickstarter is really to drive incentives and see what kind of interest there is for them to actually complete the project. Hmm. So it feels like it's not, it's not totally relying on the Kickstarter to fund it. Um, but they were more relying on the Kickstarter to make sure that enough people wanted to see them put this out, that it would be worth dumping the next couple of years into. Well, I think wonderful one one is a little different than that. Is that, isn't it coming out in sure. like a month? Uh, right. So that had already, already been made. released. Uh, it had already been made. Yeah. They were just. Oh, true. Because that's a porting situation too. Whereas this is like a brand new thing. Yeah. Right. I'm pretty sure my Kickstarter for Wonderful 101 was basically a pre-order. Yeah. 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 yeah so I was, I was, you know, more alluding to the fact that they're not completely reliant on the Kickstarter to fund the project. Which is Good, because no one makes enough money in a Kickstarter to actually make a video game. <laughs> right. Yeah, not certainly not in the timelines that they optimistically project. Uh, but yeah, so I dove into The Messenger, which is a throwback to old school... Um, I guess I guess it's a dual throwback to both 8-bit and 16-bit platformers. So if you think original original Nintendo style Super Star uh, Wars? No. <laughs> no, more like well, I mean more like the original Castlevania. Oh. Yeah, oh, or like Ninja Gaiden. Game. Yeah, Ninja Gaiden is actually probably the best. Um they Thank goodness, do not make it as um, as brutally difficult in terms of pixel perfect jumping and timing as those old games were. That damn bird! Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, every time, right? 
Um, and and it, one of the one of the moves in this game is the ability to actually recover when you get hit in the air by something like that. Oh, that so sounds they, so good. Oh, or just it, don't put the thing in that can hit you in midair. That's like telling you, "Hey, we did this to annoy you, basically." Yeah, so the movement feels much more polished, but the the graphical style is definitely that same eight bit feel. Um, so you you start out the game as a ninja, and your village is attacked by demons, and you take off to confront the demon, and right before you can start fighting it, the hero, the prophesied hero, shows up and defeats the demon and hands you a scroll and tells you you need to get this scroll to the top of the mountain and so you realize that you are your goal here is not defeating the demon it is being the messenger um so you you set off and it is it's super linear to start with in the same way that all those games those old school games were where you go through a level you beat the boss you finish the level and it takes you into the new one and there's no way to go back it's you know you're always moving forward to whatever the next level is um and then you get you get to what you think is the last level, but which really turns out to be the halfway point in the story. And you realize that there's a whole lot more going on here than you thought. So there is a, uh, there is society of monks who you are delivering your message to. And one of them has been the shopkeeper who has been, selling you upgrades and giving you advice throughout your journey. Um, and they basically live outside of time. And you learn that you have to go back to all of these places that you have visited and you can jump backwards and forwards in time. And the difference is um, the, the cool decision that they made is that the, the forward in time era is all done in 16 bit. Hmm. Yeah. So you can like switch between eight and 16 bit based on where you will. are in the timeline. Right. So there are, there are, you go through the, the all the levels the first time, just a straight play. And you, as a, as you're playing through, you'll, you see areas that are like, I should be able to get there, but I clearly can't. There must be something that happens later in the game that allows me to, you know, break through this barrier. And it turns out that what that is, is the second time around, a whole bunch of portals of varying types get dropped everywhere and they let you jump back and forth. And the landscape changes with the 500 year jump that you're making into the future. 500 years. That's cool. Yeah. Also, you'd think graphics would be better 500 years in the future. Yeah, exactly. They get eight eight more more bits. bits. It's a lot of bits, man. Mm, We've done a lot more bits than that in a shorter time. It's not our universe. It's only one game. They got (laughs) demons to fight. Yeah. They couldn't develop those bits the whole time. They had to fight those demons. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Nice. Um, So there, I, I have discovered there is, and I don't know if this is meant to be intentional, there is one way to to cheese one of the mechanics a little bit. Um, you have a little companion whose only job it is to resurrect you at your last save point when you die, which happens frequently as he repeatedly informs you. 
Um, <laughs> is that, are you saying that because maybe he does it too much? Well, no, it's like every time you die, he shows up on the screen with some pithy little quip about, I've saved you 75 times now, don't you? Maybe you're doing it on purpose at this point. Mm. Um, it's just a way to stick a death counter in your face and make you feel bad about yourself. Sure. Um, but every time you are brought back by him, he follows you around for 30 seconds or so. And he steals any of the crystals that you collect to use as currency. Um, you don't lose anything that you gained before you died, but anything new you gain in that window, he steals as repayment for bringing you back. Um, but at, at some point I realized if he's just going to bring me back at the last time I saved the game, I can exit out to the menu and jump right back into the game at the save point, And he doesn't reload. Hmm. Could you, I guess that saves you time than instead of just standing still. Yeah. And you also get to, it, it keeps you from losing money that you could use to more quickly purchase skill tree upgrades. Cheese it, man. God, yeah, dude, it's in the game. It counts. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. So I've been doing that. Probably, probably the best thing about it, about the whole game, is the shopkeeper. So he's one of the he's one of the monks. Um, he's, he's kind of a, an all yes lives outside time, kind of an all knowing figure. But he is incredibly snarky. So like if Doctor Strange owned a store. Uh, more sarcastic. Oh, we're like Tony Stark level here. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. So there's like one of your options in the shop is, do you have any good stories? And he'll tell you a story that may or may not have a more just sort of riff on different things. <laughs> but he makes, he makes fun of, he makes fun of you. He makes fun of the situations that you and he are in. He makes fun of the whole genre of games in general. Nice. It's it it really makes it worthwhile. So I think you feel good about your Sea of Stars investment. Or you yes. call it an investment yeah. because it's not FDIC insured. Correct. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well with that, I think that wraps up our episode two hundred. Uh we should say thank you again for everybody that's listening this long uh with us. It's fantastic. I very much enjoy doing this with all you uh, all of you we all do i know stay safe everybody wash your hands stay inside if you can and uh yeah. hey and don't you, go to the beach they're closed now yeah don't do that probably shouldn't uh you know they say hiking's fine but try and keep away from people i know michael had a bad experience trying to hike so the trails are closed now oh yeah, they've they've been closing a lot of them just because okay. you know we can't have Too anything nice. Well, can't have nice things. Everybody's looking for something to do. I get it. Um, yep. Do your best. We're all here. We're here to listen to your emails if you want to send them. Podcast at weweregamers dot com. You can hit us up on social media too. Any of the social medias, I think that uh, people in their thirties would know about. We would be on. 
So. Yeah, so don't don't look for us on TikTok. I can't. I can barely Instagram. <laughs> yeah, we're not on Mastodon either. Don't look there. Okay. See, this is okay. Think of our age. Those social medias. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All podcast apps. Leave us a rating if you get a chance. It's really nice to know that we are a five-star podcast. I think we are. We'll see. And, uh, yeah, podcast at wewergamers.com. Tell us what you guys are playing while you're stuck at home. Yeah, we would love to hear it.